eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson. One day after Matt Rule took complete control of the Nebraska football program. Brian Christofferson, you were in the building. I want to get this out of the way early, just so you can make fun of me or you can agree with it or whatever. I feel like the sort of pomp and circumstance surrounding head coaching announcements is like over the top and, and the introductory press conferences have become over the top. Uh, At the same time, Greatly enjoyed uh, yesterday's experience. I wasn't there. You, you've you now covered like several of these. Do you remember when it was just like a guy sitting at a desk with some microphones in front of him talking? Um, there used to be when Bo Pelini was hired, which is my first one. It was just where the Tuesday press conference usually right. is, like on floor six of the stadium. And so everybody, I mean, that's not a small setting, but it's, a you know, it's your normal press conference room. And um, it, it feels like it's grown a little bit. Um, there was kind of a joke for a while that I think the third floor of the Memorial Stadium is where the hirings were made and the sixth yeah. floor was where the firings was made. And I, I, I think it was Ronnie Green or somebody who kind of joked, you know, maybe it's time to get away from, there was a thought, maybe it was time to just get away and clear that out and go to something new. So they're at the Hawks championship center. And um, actually, if you could say maybe it's over the top, felt like a little bit of a homecoming dance with some of the balloons and stuff. Um, I didn't mind it though, uh, because there was a lot of space and that's what I like. There was a lot of space for people to kind of move around and you could find people and stuff. So it actually was pretty effective for what we wanted to do. And that's all I care about is, is, you know, what, what works for us. We're what very we're selfish. Trying to do. Yeah. We're very selfish that way. Yeah. Well, you were there and, um, 
let's just we'll we'll start with Matt Rule stuff, and then we'll maybe get into the search at the very end and what Trev Alberts had to say. But this podcast will mostly just focus on yesterday's introductory press conference. Matt Rule gave what I think was like an 18 minute opening statement before the first questions were asked. And at no point did it feel like a filibuster. You know, like some coaches will get up there and just kind of talk and talk and talk, and it limits the amount of like questions that are going to get asked. This didn't really feel like a filibuster. This felt like a guy who likes to talk that basically had spent two months on the shelf <laughs> and was just given like, Total freedom to just go, and yeah. boy, did he go! Yeah, he said, "Is uh, I wrote this in the column yesterday. His father was a minister, yeah, and it, it felt like a sermon, it really and, did. Uh, like there was a cadence to it, too, kind of. And um, it was effective, though. I, I know for a fact some people who before that press conference started were like, uh. And then afterwards, they're like, all right, where's my uniform sort of thing? Like, I'll, let's play. You know, he really did succeed that. I mean, the biggest thing was he spoke Nebraska's love language. He yep. he, um, he talked about physicality, talked about November Big Ten football, basically, was the beginning. It's just like, how do you win in this league uh, when it's 38 degrees and you're playing Iowa and Wisconsin? And occasionally, you can get away with it by – your wide receiver running past their DBs for an 87 yard touchdowns. But most weeks you have to have that identity that Trev Albert spoke about in his intro, where this is who we are in this moment when it's a three point game and there's 10 minutes left. Uh, we know what we can rely on and we can rely on our guys in the trenches. And um, he spoke about playing old school football and he, he said, that's who we're going to be. Um, that doesn't mean you can't have explosive guys on the perimeter, all that stuff and a great quarterback, but you, you've got to start up front and basically Trev and, uh, rule you, wouldn't you say Schaefer, they sound like they, they, they speak the same language too. I mean, they, they were, they were basically on the same page about this is who we are and what we want to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, there's going to be a lot of comparisons made between, between Matt Rule's introductory press conference and, of course, Frost or Mike Riley or whoever. But one of the things I wrote about yesterday is that he clearly understands where he's at for this job. I mean, like, it, he came in and there's there's a line in there, and you kind of hit on it, where he starts talking about all the things that he wants with the football team. But then he sort of finishes it with the thing that they need and the thing that they need is to dominate and win the line of scrimmage. And obviously, I mean, you you mentioned that that sounds like the love language for Nebraska fans. And I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And it also, and, and this was the overarching theme to me, it feels like Nebraska has a Big Ten coach for the first time since being in the Big Ten. Like mm -hmm. they have a coach that sort of taps into what this conference largely is, which is defense and running. And he said that. And obviously, they have to go out and do it. Like, this is the part where, you know, we could all be smitten with what's said, but he has to go and do. And, and that's where the, the money is going to be earned and the, the accolades will follow and everything else if they can go and, and effectively run the ball on the road. And if they can go and control a team's running game and control the line of scrimmage and get after the quarterback, protect their own quarterback, all those sorts of things. Uh, they they still have to go and do that, but it very much felt like a Big Ten 
football coach in Lincoln. And I think that's what Trev's wanted this entire time. I mean, you just, you go back and how he didn't want to put, you know, wins on anything or, or put a standard out there because I think he wanted to see it where it's Nebraska is up there winning at the line of scrimmage. They're up there creating havoc defensively, all those sorts of things. So yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, when he says this was his one a candidate, that doesn't feel like that's made up to me like this. It, it feels like Nebraska went out and got a guy that they felt like they need at this point in time in their program. Yeah, I believe him. And I mean, it also because even when Matt rule was coaching Carolina, when this job search opened on our very board, you know, when we're posting guys, we had his name on there and yep. he was a coach in the NFL. And we, it was because you could kind of, there was in the back of everybody's mind, there was sort of, he's not an NFL guy, is he? Like, it, it, it's not going to happen. Maybe he just doesn't have the quarterback, whatever. I'm not saying he couldn't have won in the NFL in the right circumstances, but maybe the situation wasn't quite right there. But it felt like that marriage with Carolina just wasn't going to happen. And um, so I, I can believe that Trev was also eyeballing that, thinking, like, if, if he comes open, that's a phone call within the first week. What was interesting, Schaefer was hearing his him talk about his family and sort of how they fell for Nebraska, um, and I think that was important to him too. I mean, they they snuck in here. I think it was the Michigan week. It came out from somebody. Uh, Trev might have said that um, they came into Lincoln and drove around. And uh, his wife is like, "This is basically this is the place, Matt. This is it, you know." And his son watched like five hundred thousand YouTube videos or whatever of Husker football, um, his family wants it. And uh, I think he really wanted it. I thought the most telling thing, and we have the video on our site, he did a side session with the media and there was a point where it looked like the deal was going to fall through. He said, uh, not for, cause either side necessarily wanted it to, there was logistics and it just didn't feel like it was going to happen. And he, the way he said it, you could tell it was really heartfelt. He, he slumped on his couch basically and was like, damn you know like that was the job you know like that how you'd feel if like you thought something was just right and was meant to be so i i think you got out of it yesterday if nothing else this is a guy obviously he took the job so that tells you he wants to be there but there's more than that like he really i think by the end of it wanted nebraska very much as much as nebraska wanted him and uh it it showed in in how he talked about it yeah i mean we uh, again i said that they they gotta go forward we gotta see it but just it, it had always felt like a good fit. And then he's up there talking yesterday and it sounds like a good fit. I mean, that's, that's sort of what I was reminded of. I mean, I, my thing with Matt rule is I've sort of been casually following him since he was at temple because, you know, his name came on the radar of what they were doing there. And then he would pop up on these sort of hot boards. And then it's like, Oh, this guy's going to have his opportunity of where he wants to go. And the fact that he chose Baylor, over Oregon, and I don't know how often this gets talked about, but he had the opportunity to go to Oregon. Like that, that was his mm -hmm. job if he wanted it. And he chose to go to Baylor. And that that kind of fascinates me in itself. Like this is a guy that isn't afraid. And that was when Baylor was in the heat of, of all the sanctions that it was going to get and, and everything else. Like clearly isn't afraid to roll up the sleeves and and go to work and i think again you you look at nebraska and like this isn't 
this isn't a turnkey job the way that we thought it was after Bo Pelini left and Mike Riley inherited it. And, you know, I don't know to the level of rebuild that we would call it, but he's got to put in the work. And I think he referenced that several times on Monday where he basically said like, you know, this week is huge uh, for a variety of reasons. He had a good line in there. I thought about not overvaluing any one day or any one thing over anything else that it's all about having to stack good weeks up that you can't, you know, solve everything with one good day, with one acquisition, with anything like that. It's about putting in the totality of time. And I think that's a good standard for him to sort of set going forward, where it sort of preaches patience to people with the idea that they're working towards this. It's just going to build over time. It's not going to be any one thing. Because we've talked about it in the past. It's one of the fallacies with Nebraska football is that they're always one play away one quarterback away, one skill player away, one pass rusher away. And the reality is you need the other 10 out on the football field. You need the other 90 plays to go well for you too. All of those sorts of things. I I appreciated that. I thought there was a lot of subliminal text that you could pull out of what he was saying that sort of fits with where Nebraska football finds itself. Yeah, he said it's going to be hard. I mean, he said that. He said it's going to be a hard job. Um, and it will be, I think the first year could be really hard. Um, and I think people have to realize that there's going to be a ton of roster turnover. I think, um, I don't know. He might have his QB, maybe Casey sticks around. Maybe some of those pieces are in there and it's not as uh, dramatic as I think it's going to be, but we are expecting across the country, a portal, uh, movement like we haven't seen before even. And uh, especially at schools where there's a new coach, you're going to there's going to be some people like, yeah, not my cup of tea. And that's fine. He said that also. He said, I'm going to lay out my vision to guys. And uh, this is what the way it's going to be. And I want happy. I want guys who want to be here. Like I want football players who are really excited about what we're doing and the process we're making. If it's not for them, that's fine. We want them to be happy somewhere else. That's how he laid it out to the guys the other day. Uh, So I I think he's hit. I also think he's got a little bit better grip on sort of some stuff that he'll have to do is that we talked about a guy who doesn't get caught chasing rabbits and handling just being the CEO at Nebraska and stuff like that. There's small examples even yesterday that were good on him. And like one of them to me is someone asked him about Frost. He didn't bring him up intentionally, but he's like, yeah, I called him Sunday and he's a friend and I I think he's a good coach and, you know, I want to respect him. And I don't know how it's going to go going forward, but I really like the fact and would like it if a current head coach didn't throw the previous head coach under the bus. Love it. We're hundred percent with you. So if, if I get these tweets or texts about the front, whatever he said about frost the last couple of days from people who are like, Oh yeah, well, he doesn't know that part. You know, I, I don't know on that. I'm just like, he's saying the respectful thing. He's not throwing him under the bus. To me, that's that's a mature, that's a mature coach who's been, who knows what he's supposed to do in that situation, and he might actually think it too. But I I like that. I just we got to get away from that around here of like ev- everybody who left is the worst thing ever, and uh, I want to do that with the strength coaches either. Like you know, we always play we play that game with <laughs> with tough. strength coaches, and nobody knows has a clue what goes on in there. And yet everyone's got a big take about this guy sucked and this guy's great and all that. And then we'd say the next guy's great and that that guy sucked. And so um, I'm not I'm not going to do that with the strength coaches. At the very least, Schaefer, you can hold me to that. I, I'm more than happy to hold you to that. I have no opinions on the strength coach. 
It's always one of those things I just laugh about because I don't, I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know what the objective is. I don't, you know, it's not like Duvall talked a lot or gave any insight as to what they were trying to do. Uh, you know, I have personal opinions on the way some guys would look yeah, uh, and that kind of thing, but it doesn't mean I have any idea as to what's going on over there. And so I, I do get a kick out of the, the strength coach, but going back to, to the sort of overall point and Matt rule said this, and I thought it was really important. Um, he didn't come here to run players off of Nebraska's team either. Like mm-hmm. he, he made mention several times about how he chose to coach them, that he wants the players to know that there's an open door policy that they can come talk to them. If they want to know where they stand or where things are right now, all those sorts of things. Like, I think that's really valuable because I, in current 2022 football, you got to re-recruit your roster all the time. You need to have sort of an open understanding of, of where you are relative to the depth chart and, and what your coach thinks of you. And it feels like Matt Rule is going to have that sort of openness. You know, we'll see. I I felt like the early belief on Scott Frost was that he was a player's coach based on how it looked at UCF. And then two and a half to three years into this thing, everything you would hear had every indication that he was not a player's coach. So we'll we'll see with Matt rules. We'll see if that open door stays and, and everything else. But for right now, he's saying the right things. He's doing the right things. You know, a big thing to me whenever there's this transition is, I, and I hope we, we never hear him say it, and hopefully other people don't feel like they have to, but it, it shouldn't be a go and get his guys kind of thing. Like, He's got to coach players that are here. Ernest Hausman needs to be his guy today. And the mm-hmm. sense that I got from, from Matt Rule when he was up there talking is that, you know, Ernest Hausman, A.J. Allen, Malcolm Hartzog, Richard Torres, whoever from that class, they might have been Scott Frost recruits. They might have been Scott Frost players. They might have been Mickey Joseph players. Today, they're Matt Rule's players. And that's yeah. what matters. Like this avoiding the fallacy of the whole, well, we got to let him recruit his guys and he's got to set up his thing. He understands this. I mean, he even said that he's not putting a timeline on these things because he wants to win now. And and I appreciate all of that because there's so much like looking back while wishing forward instead of just recognizing that to be successful, you got to, it starts now, you know, it starts with these pieces. Yeah. And I mean, if you are the type of coach who sort of always acts like you're looking for some other players, the current players, it, right. It, it, I mean, they're going to oblige it, that. What, what, what does that do to them? You know, they're thinking like, well, okay, what am I, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that's the right way to handle it. And I think he also knows he's like it, like we said earlier, you give your vision and it's going to weed people out naturally, you know, like you don't have to go like, get out of here. Yeah. I mean, Guys, guys are in this day and age, they'll head out the door with their own two feet in most cases um, if they're not a fit, you know. So that's that's the part um, that will be OK, I think. And also, this is going to be a very difficult month for them to navigate. The, the couple things they have going for him, though, um, I think he has a good idea basically on his full time staff. We, we took our shot at who guys could be through his previous links. And I think that list as you're watching it play out is uh, is going to be pretty good when it's all said and done. So Bruns did a good job with that list um, on our site. Uh, but so that helps because this isn't a deal, I think, where he's going to only have like five coaches by the end of the week 
you know, I think he's going to know his full-time staff and that helps you communicate with recruits. And then the other part, Schaefer, is the class is made up of some guys who are in-state guys. And I think mm -hmm. just not a lot of guys who are going to waver. There might be a couple. There's a couple connected to Mickey who might be waiting for that one way or another. But um, I, th I don't think that's going to be a thing where that just falls off the cliff. So I, I think that's a good thing for him. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I mean, one of the things people should know about Matt Rule is that when he went to Baylor, they had one commitment. It was mm -hmm. a kicker. He went and got 27 players in that class by the time they got to the February signing period. So um, he's not afraid or incapable of having to recruit like his hair's on fire, of having to put this thing together. And oh, by the way, that class that he assembled features a number of NFL guys and guys that mm. had big college careers. Like I, one of the things that's kind of funny is that when he talks about sort of his system of how he recruits, that's sort of what everybody's doing right now. But at the time in, in 2015, 2016, it was a little bit more revelatory. It was a little bit more, okay, I'm going to put a premium on just straight athleticism over what this kid did as a running back for this school in Texas because I think he's got the ability to run and we give him the opportunity, he's going to be just fine. And so um, I, I'm very curious, even these early offers, Brian, and I don't know how much you've tracked them. These guys are long. Like every mm. one of like the, the defensive backs have been like six, one or six, two. Uh, there's a pass rusher yesterday. That's just gangly and long. Um, you know, there's probably not going to be a ton of like super finished products that show up in Lincoln. Uh, but it's, it's again, another bet on development, which has been a big thing for him everywhere he's gone. And he even said yesterday that failing in the NFL, he thinks has made him better in terms of understanding player development and understanding what he needs to do to get guys ready for them to get to the NFL, because now he's coached a team of NFL players before he coached, you know, a group of guys that had the opportunity to go there, but now he's coached NFL players. I think that's all really interesting. I think that can be a really easy recruiting pitch too. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you talk about an example of from what we've heard of how he recruits and then here it is at Nebraska right away, Jalen Lloyd. <laughs> I mean, to me as an example of that yep. uh, gets an offer right away. Uh, tremendous athlete track star, the best but, athlete in the state. Like yeah. it's not close. Yeah. Um, and so there you go. And he, he, he took 24 hours and he's like, yep, there's an offer. So, uh, I mean, that, there, there's your, uh, oh, one of the fastest me. guys in the country. Yes. We will. We are we'll interested. Take him. Yeah. He's six foot one. Yes. He jumps yeah. out of the gym. Yes. Okay. He's not really a football player. We'll figure it out.
Yeah. Now there, there's a, a skeptic can push back on some of that, but you'd have to say so far during his 10 years, it's worked in places. And now we see if it can work here in the big 10 and it's going to be a big, bad, big 10. We know that. I mean, with Wisconsin hiring fickle and USC and UCLA coming in um, it's, it's going to be a, a, a battle. And that's why um, I think it's kind of good that there's one more year with the divisions and he gets a year. I'm not saying this no schedule is easy for Nebraska football right now. They haven't had a winning season in six years, but at least the schedules uh, you can navigate it. If you really got things together where you would have a shot at a bowl game or something like that next year. And you can kind of build that first year um, toward feeling like you're more steady when USC UCLA comes in and then it just feels like it's going to be a, a war, you know, to, to yeah. try to win games. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you 100%. I feel like a move like this to get that year in before you're in the sort of wide openness of 2024 uh, is going to be pretty helpful. And that's where, you know, I, I'm i probably more all in on this idea than most would be, but that's where I think keeping a Casey Thompson is huge for you. Because oh, yeah. you just get a steadiness there at quarterback and you don't have to you don't have to worry about it as much. Now you still got to go out and get somebody that can be behind him. You got to have a backup quarterback. I think that's huge. It's a big, big thing right now, but the steady nature that Casey Thompson gives you, and we saw it on, on black Friday. I mean, that was his best performance. I thought like he, he was in command when he was back there, he was comfortable throwing the ball. And you know, if, if Nebraska wanted to in the fourth quarter, if they weren't so worried about blowing that game and just trying to salt it away, he could have put up more yardage. He could have put up more passing yardage and and maybe another touchdown or so. Um, really strong game for him to go out on, and, and I think it's be really valuable to have him back. Yep. I mean, for that conversation, people just need to think back to the last portal cycle. <clears throat> and there was a thought, I think, at the time, like, oh, okay, Chubba Purdy maybe, there you go, and just put him in the competition. I mean, they only won four games, so you can't act like Casey Thompson mm-hmm. won them like, a ton more games or anything, but we saw what the offense looked like without him and then with him. And um, it's just night and day. So yeah, I, if, if Matt rule can convince Casey Thompson to stick around and I think there's good reason to, I've said this many times for, there's going to be more stories like of 24 year old guys who aren't necessarily going to get drafted, but they could play one more year on national TV every week of football and make good money doing it. I don't know why you wouldn't want to. Yeah, no, I, that's that's going to be something to follow for sure. It seems like a guy like Marcus Washington is going to be back. Uh, he has a chance to be your number one wide receiver. I don't know that he's that player, so I'd, they're going to have to go into the portal and, and get another pass catcher like they did in Samari Toure and Trey Palmer. It's remarkable that Nebraska, not a school known for wide receivers, basically their biggest portal win the last two years have been wide receivers. And, and guys that, you know, were good, but there still is a question like, yeah, but can you do this when you're the guy? Mm-hmm. And both of them answered that. And one's now in the NFL, and I suspect Trey Palmer will be joining relatively soon. Um, also tight end. I mean, it, it just feels yeah. like, you know, whether it's it's wide receiver or tight end, they've got to get a couple guys out of the portal that give you a little bit of a veteran steady presence there. Uh, you know, we'll see with Thomas Fedoni. If, if he's in the plans for Matt Rule um, or, or what that looks like, uh, tight end hasn't been a big part of the, the Baylor or wasn't a big part of the Baylor or the, 
the Temple offense, but it's been a big thing in Nebraska. And maybe you're looking for a Jack Stoll type. I know that you don't like it when I mention his name, Brian, but um, <laughs> a guy that can help you up front and, and move the pile a little bit. He's having a nice career with Philadelphia. We he recovered to... an on. I saw him recover the onside kick yeah. last night to lock up the game. Um, yeah. But yeah. So we, we got to be fair to Jack Stoll, even though he's, you know, I don't know if that beef's still going on or not, but. The problem when you guys bring this up is no, there's some people walk in with no context <laughs> on that joke. There's so no context to the joke. I just made it up one day and it stuck yeah. for three years. So It has, yeah. And but, you've never uh, really gotten mad at me, but I know that it irks you just slightly enough that you're like, come on, let's just move on. I don't need any more of this. <laughs> no, no, no. I like Jack Stoll. I'll, I'll reiterate that. Um, always have. Um, but uh yeah, I thought yesterday was a good day for Nebraska football. I, I think they got to – we'll see. I mean, we don't want to overhype the coach off the press conference. He won the day. Um, he had to do a little winning. Like sometimes it's set up where a guy is going to – he could say about anything, and people are going to be like, yeah, I love this hire. I already know that. But I have to say, Schaefer, on our message board, I thought it was very popular right away when rule was announced. It's a very – high percentage that are in favor of it my sense of the general public was it was more i don't know that was kind of kind of what i got so that was interesting but then i think i think when he got up there yesterday uh he at least got some of those folks to sit up and be like okay let's see let's see what he's got so he he succeeded at that and that's what that was about yeah i i think you hit it exactly i know several people um that i'm friends with were basically like why why do you think this is a good hire? Like you got fired from the Panthers, you know, like what, what are they actually getting here? And then you, you position that with Wisconsin hiring Luke Fickle and you just sort of had this like angst among some Nebraska fans. And I, I know for at least a few of them, just listening to Matt Rule talk yesterday was a bit of a balm for some of that. Like, you know, there's feel a little bit better about it. Um, I, I'm not super surprised that that this hire wasn't met with, you know, resounding uh, cheers immediately. Like, I, I don't know that Matt Rule is a big enough name. I think for our message board, uh, people saw that Nebraska seemed to be involved with Bronco Mendenhall and Jeff Monken and some other names that seemed significantly less enticing. And so the idea of getting Matt Rule versus opening those doors seems uh seems to be a lot better but i i think people just weren't really aware of him and and kind of the work that he did at temple and baylor you just think of him as as sort of a flamed out nfl coach and there was a lot of people in the panther organization that were happy you know when when that was announced or or whatever so mm-hmm. he's got to win people over still but monday was a big step in that direction is there anything you want to say to tie this up um it, I mean, it was a two-month search, and uh, thirteen he, names. Yep, that's what he said. Not, not all candidates. Those are, I think, you know, that right. encompasses people. Like, I mean, we know he talked with Urban Meyer and Chris Peterson. I think that counts amongst his thirteen. But those were more conversations about other coaches currently in the the college environment than it was about those two coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he succeeded at sort of keeping things uh, locked up pretty well, you'd have to say, Trev did. Yeah, he seemed pretty pleased with that. And then he, <laughs> he was, like, thanking the media for, 
for, for, for like giving him the space. And it's like, ah, I don't know how much space you really had the last two weeks. But. <laughs> yeah, we just couldn't get there. We couldn't yeah. get into your space enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think I think Trev uh Trev probably uh pleased a lot of people with his performance. I know he pleased like Ronnie Green and, and Ted Carter and those guys is talking to them and I'll we'll have more stuff on the board from some of what they said and kind of the what the brass said about things today. Uh, but yeah, so it, it was a hire that um, I think most people are saying like right now they give it a, a good grade, but uh, there's the, there's that skeptic in Nebraska fans that is is rightly there that say, I'll just wait and see. And I understand that completely. Yeah. Do you, let's, let's finish with this. And I didn't tell you it was coming and this is my favorite thing to do to you guys. Give me a bold prediction. Uh, as it relates to Mickey Joseph or to other members of Matt Rule's staff, or if there's a recruit out there or a transfer portal thing, give me one bold prediction that people can uh, can hold you to. That is tough. The Mickey thing's really tough. Um, that's yeah, we haven't to... really talked about it. Do we want to touch on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I'll go there with it, your question. Um I felt like a week or two ago a little stronger about it, the, the possibility of him staying. I'm not saying I think it's tilted that he's not. I don't know. It's I really don't know. Um, but the more I've thought about it, it's a tough situation. And I think there are head coaches. This is not a knock on Mickey at all. Everybody loves seems to love Mickey. I think just any head coach would say that's kind of a difficult situation when a guy who's been in the captain's chair – is now moved over a seat over and he's in the building. It can be tough for both parties. And that's, that's easy to kind of suggest like, Oh, this is the perfect scenario. You get this coach in here and you keep Mickey. That's how it's supposed to be. That, that looks good on paper like a month ago, but now as you like get to like it actually happening and if that works and stuff, um, I just, the more I think about it, I think it's very tricky. And um, I think if the, if they are going to keep him, it would maybe have to be almost like a, um, seven figure salary. I think that's sort of what we're talking about here. And I don't know if Nebraska will do that or not. He was making 600,000 as a position coach previously. So that would be a significant hike. We do know they have a huge salary pool. That was something that was interesting going up to 7 million for 10 coaches. It was 5.15 million this last year. So that's a huge jump, but they're going to have to give those. We're going to see coordinators around here. I think making a million. I think that's going to happen probably, don't you? I mean, with that yeah. pool. Well, and, and I mean, if, if they want to get some of these guys, whether it's a Jeff Collins or or Elijah Robinson or, or whatever the, the sort of names that are attached to it, you've got that money now that you can sort of make that offer if, if that's what you want to do. And if you want to keep Mickey, you can pay him $900,000 to be your wide receivers coach um, if, if that's what he wants to do as well. I, I agree with you that it's a very touchy – um, almost sort of a, you can see it going either direction and you can explain it either way, I guess yeah. in my mind. Yeah. And, uh, I thought his answer was, uh, fair. I mean, it sounds like they're going to talk to, uh, it's a uh, Tuesday as we're doing this. And it sounded like they were going to talk today from one, what a recruit told us. Uh, so we'll see if that happens. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know beyond that if there's going to be much room for many other guys to be retained. I really don't. 
do you do you think it's just Mickey or Bust as far as guys who could get retained, or do you think there could be another? Uh, we'll see. I mean, I, it it seems unlikely any defensive coaches are going to be sticking around. Um, you know, so then it really comes down to uh, Mickey or Brian Applewhite. We'll see what they end up doing at running back. Um, yeah, I he he gave a he gave a pretty good answer where he's been in staff situations like this where you know he was. He was on a staff that was let go and he appreciated having at least the opportunity to talk to the head coach. And um, sounds like he's making himself available uh, with those guys as well. So we'll see. Can I say what yeah. that when uh, at, at that press conference, they, they pass a mic around and uh, you don't, I there's used to be, I think there was only one mic this time, but sometimes there's multiple mics. So you think maybe someone else got it. So I asked for the mic and I was thinking maybe I'm like the fourth question or something. So I was the second question yesterday. And when I got to it, I thought it was, I just want to say this. I thought it was too early to ask the Mickey question. Actually. Like I kind of wanted that to be like the sixth or seventh question that got asked. You know, it's funny how reporters think like, I, I feel, I feel like there was some other stuff to let him establish what he's done and all that. But I was like, this is what people want to know. (laughs) <laughs> everybody's asking let's just ask it so there so if anybody had a beef with uh with that uh i i'll explain myself and say i was kind of i don't know i was kind of thinking that question could wait a few but um i pulled the trigger i i was getting texts from people wondering if you were a plant if the whole purpose of you being there was to ask that question just to, to get mickey back in the news right away <laughs> No, I think that, that's what everybody kept asking about. And, and Rule knew he's going to get asked that. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, it was going to come whether it was question two or question eight. So at some point you answer it. Nice. Did you, did you angle to be question one? Was it like any kind of a joust between you and Steve Zippel? I don't think so. Hey, uh, Zippel's got seniority on me by a few years. So he, he can have the first question on that. But um <laughs> And it was about line. It was about the line play, which was good. So, yeah, yeah, it all worked out. All right. Well, we're going to be back later this week. We're going to get into more of the recruiting. We're going to get into more of the coaching hires. Uh, We haven't talked about Marcus Satterfield or Evan Cooper or any of those guys right now, but we're going to get into more of that later this week. Michael Brunt hopefully will be uh, back with us. He is dealing with some sickness. He cannot talk today, which – you know, he's he's no stranger to long spells of silence on the <laughs> podcast, but it just didn't seem necessary to have him in the third box never saying anything or holding up a whiteboard. So we gave him the day off. We'll see if he joins us again. Be sure to check out everything at Husker 24-7. Plenty of stories up there. We have thoughts from yesterday, analysis from yesterday, news stories from yesterday. The contract details are out if you want that. If you want to know what he's going to make per year on the exact year, it, it scales up, believe it or not. It is a backloaded contract to allow the Carolina Panthers to pay at least a small portion of what they owe Matt Rule. You can find all of that at Husker 24-7 as well as commentary from other people about this hire. Uh, we're going to have plenty of stuff on recruiting going forward. All that and more can be found at Husker 24-7. So for Brian Christopherson, I'm Mike Shaver. We'll catch you later this week with another Husker 24-7 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 